0: Immediately after the story that Luke tells of Mary receiving the angel and being told of the coming birth of Jesus, she goes to visit Elizabeth. And Luke writes this. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent away the rich empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Just as he promised our ancestors and he writes says that this song of mary is one of the most famous in all of christianity many of us know this song by its latin first word magnificat christians of various stripes have sung this song throughout the centuries cathedrals resound with this song churches at the most far flung places on the globe chant or sing this song bach set it to music with trumpets My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Mary was a young girl when she sang this song, only 13 or 14, at most 16 years old. Like many of the girls her age and her time, Mary was betrothed to be married. She was to become the wife of Joseph, a man she very well likely did not know no doubt she's frightened to think about leaving home to become his wife but this is not the most frightening thing to come her way mary was recently visited by an angel And the angel gave her news, the kind of news that young girls aren't used to hearing. It's the kind of news grown and married women want to hear. The angel told Mary she would be pregnant. Not the kind of news someone betrothed to be married wants to hear. Not the news that someone who is a virgin wants to hear. This wasn't even the full news. The angel spoke of something that became and was even more unbelievable. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great, and we'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. That's right. She would bear a son, a son by God, a son who would rule over the house of David forever. She would be the mother of the Messiah the thoughts that must have screamed in her head. Did an angel really come to me? What will Joseph say? What will people say as I grow big with this mystery child? Why would God choose a teenager already engaged to someone to have his baby? Who in the world would even believe that such a thing had happened? Who would ever believe that a virgin would conceive and have a son? Perhaps Mary felt fear the most, so scared she just had to get away, so scared she took leave of her mother and father, and she fled to her relative, Elizabeth. The angel had told her that Elizabeth also was going to have a child. Maybe Elizabeth, who had experienced an equally strange event, could give her comfort, I mean, Elizabeth had been unable to conceive. But now, in her old age, she was six months pregnant. Maybe Elizabeth would have a good word for Mary. Again, how the thoughts must have swirled in Mary's head as she made her way. Joseph will divorce me. My family is going to disown me. The community might even stone me. But the moment she entered Zachariah and Elizabeth's house, her fears subsided. Blessed are you among women, declared Elizabeth. Blessed is the child that you will bear. Even the child in Elizabeth's womb recognized the good news. Elizabeth's baby leaped for joy at the sound of Mary's greeting. The woman, pregnant after all hope was gone, greeted the girl, pregnant far sooner than she had expected, with a word of hope. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill His promises to her. This is more than just two women who are pregnant meeting each other. Elizabeth and Mary shared a dream. They shared the dream of ancient Israel. They shared the dream that one day Israel's God would do as He promised that god promised all nations would be blessed through abram's family one day, the words of all the prophets and psalms that spoke of God's mercy, of hope for God's people, of the fulfillment of God's promises would come true. One day, the bullies and the power brokers, the forces of evil that kept people enslaved and poor and hungry would be toppled. One day, the dark forces, the, those of Herod and Rome would be overcome. God would come to rescue at last. This dream, this wonderful, gloriously impossible dream of God coming was true in their world, in their time. No wonder Mary bursts into song. Borrowing lines and images and biblical quotations that Mary would have learned since she had been a child, Mary sings. Echoing much of what Hannah Hannah had sung in 1 Samuel 2 when Samuel was born, Mary sings. Mary discovers through Elizabeth that she is the recipient of God's blessing. And so Mary sings a song of great joy. My soul glorifies the Lord. If you notice it, there are two parts to her song, Past Humiliation and Future Glory. She sings of the kind of blessedness we hear in Jesus' Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, the persecuted for righteousness' sake. Why? Because theirs is the kingdom. They shall be comforted. They shall inherit the earth. They shall see God. A song of great reversal. Of God's great reversal. Spills from Mary's lips. A melody of revolution. Of God's revolution. God puts down the mighty. The mighty powers. The mighty fears. And God raises up. Suddenly, the full scope of all that God intends comes out. The last shall be first. And the first will be last. All of this coming from God. In fact, Mary sings it as if it is already accomplished. Her words sing in the past tense. He has scattered the proud, brought down rulers, sent the rich away empty. But so too, the promise, as if it's already been done. He's performed mighty deeds, has lifted up the humble, has filled the hungry with good things. As one pastor says, her baby's no bigger than a thumbnail, but already she's reciting his accomplishments as if they were history. Her faith is in the things not seen. Faith that comes to her from outside herself. And this is why we call her blessed. This isn't a song of just any old revolution. It's a song of God's revolution of God turning His people's exile to slavery and sin into a release toward His freedom and grace. Mary's song celebrates God. God has done a great thing. God takes all the initiative. God, the Lord, our Savior, the Powerful One, the Holy One, the One full of mercy, faithful to all His promises. That's why Mary sings because she has something to sing about. This frightened young girl shows maturity and faith beyond her years because she believed. This soon-to-be mother of God has the faith to sing of God's accomplishments, the future as if it has already happened. And this morning we join with Mary in singing. We have experienced God with us. So with the young children this morning, we will sing this incredible story of God with us. Like Mary, we'll tell the amazing story of God's great reversal. The revolution of God's grace. Instead of exile, instead of judgment, we have and will experience how God has restored His servant, His people, His child. All because of His mercy. This morning, we sing of God with us. This morning, we follow the pattern of Mary because we have something to sing about. Please join me in prayer. Almighty God, grant us your grace to celebrate this season of expectation with the same awe and joy that Mary showed. Help us in these children's words to hear the angels sing in our hearts and with our hearts to see the glory of your presence among us. Grant us a special grace that we may enter into your presence through praise and thanksgiving May the Spirit of Jesus be born anew in each of our hearts as we celebrate together this story of your coming to be with us. But first we pray for the world, which you so deeply love. We pray for the sick, the hungry, the lonely, the brokenhearted, who this day may be kept from your presence by the pain of the moment and the uncertainty of the future. We pray for the leaders of our world. Grant them the resolve to find peaceful solutions to the divisions which are rampant among the nations of the world. We pray for the church universal. We pray that the love of Christ may so pervade everyone that we may be made one in a spirit so pure that love would remain supreme among us. We pray our thanks for all who serve in your church. And now we pray for this time together, that as our children lead us to worship you, O God, may we experience your presence to bless us. Prepare us to receive the gift of Christmas as a time to celebrate your gift of peace and goodwill toward all people proclaimed on that holy night years ago. All this we pray in the name of our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.